Today is Friday, December the 22nd, 2023. Welcome to episode 75 of Rural Reliance with Katie Couple. I'm Julia. And I'm Erin. We're a small homestead family in rural Southwest Virginia that work every day on being more self-reliant, less dependent on outside sources, merging frugality and homesteading. Yeah, and this week we wanted to, you know, talk about... 2024? Yeah, I mean, we are very close to it. Um, and we wanted to talk about some of our homestead goals for 2024, what we're wanting to get done on the homestead, what we're wanting to maybe put in place or expand on. Yep. So we have a lot. We actually tend to overdo our goals. We do. We really do. And this year we're pulling back a bit. I feel like we're not nearly as ambitious Mm. as normal. We can really knock off a lot of these things. Yes. They're going to take work. Yeah. It's not a huge amount of work, but they're going to take work. And some of them are going to take multiple attempts as we'll get through. You'll hear in this list. But I feel like we realized last year (laughs) we went too deep, too heavy with everything that was going on in our world. And if you're new to our podcast or our YouTube channel, um, we went through a house remodel in 2023. Which, you know... Drug on forever. Drug on forever. Took up a lot of our time time and plants. Yeah, It did. We couldn't work. Aaron had to run to Lowe's. Aaron (laughs) had to be at Lowe's every morning at 5 a.m. And then he had to go to Lowe's at night to pick up another order. It was constant. And we've we've been in a season of maintaining Mm -hmm. goal for next year. And I think that's, that's the goal is to get out of this rut of maintenance on the homestead to make progress. So that is our our absolute 100% goal this year is progress, to start moving forward, not spinning our wheels. Yeah, yeah. And getting some of these things that we've talked about for a while started or completed. Or in processes of things you might not have heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, so the very first thing is chicken. So our chicken deal fell through. So yeah. tell them about the chickens. Yeah, we waited on those for like... A we year, want a specific a brand. Yeah, we was wanting American brass. And we wanted them local. Right, because there was somebody here, like 15 minute drive from us that had them. Oh, yeah, we've got them. Um, you know, I'll put you down on the list for this month. This month come around, hadn't heard from them. Oh, well, no, we've got them next month. On and on. Every month. We were on. being patient. We were, just because it was local. We were like, we're trying to be understanding. We know what it's like when yeah. life happens to somebody. And now we've kind of run out of patience. Not say anything bad about this person or anything like that. I think they're actually even selling them now. They might not be. I think, uh, honestly, I think I saw him post up that he's getting rid of all their chickens now. So. (laughs) It just didn't work out. So now we've got to find another breed that will work. Another dual purpose breed that we would like. I I still think we're on the breads. We think so? Yeah. Think so? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we got to figure out where to get them. <laughs> right, right. Now we got to get there, them. There's a few different places, and I've joined a few Facebook groups. I mean, there's some supposedly around Knoxville or so we might be able to drive to and get some. So We want to try to avoid the mail. We know a lot of people have issues yeah. of where we are. They're less likely to get to us alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we would really just like to go pick them up personally. So that's a goal. We get the chicks and get those started. 
Um, we also hope to get our meat bird areas in place. So we want a couple of meat bird tractors. We want to get those built and figured out where we're going to put them. Because we want to kind of utilize them in between our tree rows. Mm -hmm. So something lightweight that's going to help against predators. That's a big thing for us. We can't free range. No, no. We, we've got way too many. With coyotes, you got coyotes, herds. raccoons, possums. They just go on bears, you know. It's nothing to see something on the um, cameras at night. It's just, it's too dangerous. And for us, we're, we would feel very irresponsible if we just put the birds out there yeah. to, to let them die during the day. Because we know working outside, when we were building our chicken coop, we heard... A, it, it sounded like a whole pack of coyotes cackling yeah. behind us um, while we were working on our chicken coop. And they were like, oh, we're ready. Go ahead and get them. Get them. We're, we're hungry. <laughs> Where's our four-course dinner? <laughs> um, so we definitely need several different meat bird areas. We want to make sure they have enough room. And we also want to be utilizing them in really good areas. We also have an area between our... Um, garden fence and our outside fence which we're going to do a video to show you all in the some in the well, spring maybe, maybe not even the spring maybe before then so you can think about it to get ready for the spring it's been the most effective thing we've ever mm -hmm. done um but we're going to get that area ready for meat birds as well because we yeah. can get quite a few in there it's a nice little nice little run area but we need to have a place to house them um so we might not get to meet birds this year we would like to but if we don't okay we will next year. Right, right, exactly. So we'll get our lady flock started this year, meet birds next year. The the lily pad. Still got such good plans for it. And we've been figuring out designing, and we think we could throw this together pretty quickly. We do, and if it's something we don't have the ducks this year, we want to at least be ready for them the next spring. Absolutely. And with all these projects, we're using things we have around the house for the most part. Yep. Um, we are really going to be focusing on trying to use up a lot of the stuff we already have. Like with the ducks, we're kind of going to be doing like a hoop coop for them. It makes the most amount of sense. We have yeah. a lot of rebarb fencing that would be perfect for that. We will need to get some hard wire cloth, but that is pretty standard. And we just have so much that we can work through for that and uh, get that built. And, but the biggest thing for them is going to be the water source. We have to have a water source for them that, because electricity is not over in that area, it's going to be hard to get electricity over in that area, right. but it gets lots of sunlight. Right, yeah, so it might be something, you know, working up something solar-wise uh, over there. Um, you know, we do have a couple of extra 100-watt solar panels that uh, I could throw up over there for them. Yeah, and I would like to kind of get whatever pond we do sort of like in an in-ground setting to where it's, I don't need a huge deep pond, but I need something where we can get it in-ground enough because I have found burying these things yeah. does help. Yeah. We, we use sand. Don't think the sand's really a great idea with the ducks. I think going straight to the ground is a better option. Um, so we're definitely looking and thinking outside the box there. Our garden. This is a huge one for us this year. We did so good this year. Yeah. Even with blight. Even with blight, yes. Even with the blight. And the deer destroying our peppers. Right. So, part of that plan is peppers and tomatoes in buckets inside the double fence garden. 
so deer can't get to them. And if we have blood issues, easily remediable with the buckets. We should have less blood issues because the goal is to have enough small holes in the buckets that they don't have as much moisture. So we had an unseasonably wet, yeah. <laughs> wet year this year. I mean, for us, we've... Oh God, I can't remember here. We've ever had so much rain for the garden. Not, not, not through the summer months. No, it's it was just so wet, and they they just couldn't they couldn't handle it. So we're gonna put them up against the fencing. So it's gonna save us a lot of time. Number one, I don't have to tie these things to a whole bunch of fencing. It's all gonna be up against fencing. They're gonna be up higher, so I don't have to be bent over digging them. They're gonna be because they're a five five gallon bucket. Mm -hmm. And not only that. But it's also going to help we control an area that gets away from us every freaking year. Yes. <laughs> every year. We cannot maintain. Right there at those edges. It, it's just so thick. It's so, so thick on like, this area. There's some Johnson grass and stuff that, you know, I mean, we're digging it up. but It doesn't do anything. It still comes back. So, um, we don't think we'll have the whole area with buckets, but the goal is to get the, like, two-thirds of our garden area buckets up against the fence row just for peppers and for tomatoes. So, that way we can have a good, great, you know, harvest of those, and we can put them away. Yep. We don't eat tomatoes, like, plain eating, but we do can. So, that's what we we're really focusing on. Right, because we use those for soups and pastas and anything like that i mean we we use so much like i use that. so much tomatoes we use so many tomato products um now our we didn't add this to the list but there is one area that this is like a two-year project for me that's a little garden area mm -hmm. it we cannot control the weeds there's just no controlling tried, this area try pl black plastic everything well and the problem is it just grows around it mm -hmm. So I've decided this whole area, I'm covered in a black plastic for two years. Just the whole area. Maybe we need to do some of that, um, like 45% vinegar as well in that section. That's another plan. So we're going to really cover this. I'm, I'm going to try to kill everything. It grows trees. <laughs> it grows yeah. sumac. It grows everything and we're really trying to kill this stuff off because it's a great little area it is. but i feel like we can't use it and it might be something where we do have it in ground that we actually probably just need to go to race beds for if we can't get this maintained and killed off we might actually there's we're not getting that much we're not getting any use out of this little garden bed in this area it might really might be better just to go ahead and turn it into a raised bed area yeah. At least for the next few years because we'll have black plastic on top of it. Right, right. It doesn't really hurt anything to try. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, I've got to get this area under control. It, We've got a wild berry vine in there that Raspberry has vines. overtaken it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has completely overtaken this thing. And it's everywhere. It's going between the fences, side fences. It's just, it's killing us. Um, so that's one area we're definitely going to get under control. This doesn't seem like a very big project. This is that one there is a lot harder than some of these <laughs> other ones here. Like, just just because it, we have, we could barely maintain it. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, everything in there is sticky. Everything in there is sharp. <laughs> yeah. Everything in there is sticky. Like we get. I don't know. In our area, in our woods, we get these sticky vines. 
and they don't look sticky. They look really pretty. They look like these little light green things, and they get so sticky, you're stuck. The vines. Stickers or sticky vines. I mean, around here, I don't know what they're called other places. The raspberry vines that are wild are sharper than anything you can home grow mm-hmm. and order. They feel like you're getting cut by glass. And the berries on them are not big enough to do anything with it. It's not worth even bothering with. <laughs> right. It's not something worth trying to dig up and put in a new location. It's, they're just, it's frustrating. Um, the other thing we really want to focus on is the amount of food we are producing. Mm-hmm. So we did really good in a lot of areas. And we're hoping to keep expanding that because we've been growing in those areas. Mm-hmm. We did not do so good in a few others, which one of them is very surprising. That's lettuce. Yeah, and, and that's because, I mean, we, we tried it in the vertical planters where they were there, which... We're moving those. Y- we're yes. going to be moving those. They're going to be closer to the house, which will be uh, more beneficial for me and easier for me. Um, Aaron, he's the one who eats mostly most of the lettuce. So mm-hmm. normally by the time I'm like, go get you some lettuce, he's like, I don't want to go get some lettuce. Right. I don't want to walk up the hill and cut the lettuce. Um but we really didn't have that successful of a lettuce crop this year. Normally, we're growing, like, lettuce out of year, our ears. Year-round, right. And we didn't have that this year. So, broccoli is another area we really want to make sure we're expanding on. We do eat a lot of broccoli. Carrots. We want to try to make sure we're growing enough carrots to put some away. Um, I feel like I got better this year. We did have some really good carrots, but I mm-hmm. didn't get as many as I want. I need to, like... Uh, quadruple's not even the right word. I need like 30 times the amount of carrots I'm actually getting. Right. And I guess that area over there where we put the carrots in is something also that we need to clean clean up and work on as well. It's um, it's a good area and we can put carrots outside of the garden. The deer don't tend to bother them. Um, they're not like the beets and other things. The carrots, mm. they just kind of walk around. Um, the cucumbers, we've learned, no, they have to but go in the garden. They like to eat on the cucumbers. So um, these are just things we have to be thinking about and really kind of adjusting and playing with mm. as we go through. The cucumbers did amazing where they were. They really did. It's they did really just well. The deer just kept nibbling at the roots. <laughs> Every single time. Yeah. And then another goal I have is I'm going to start a process for like a cover crop fertilization sort of while I'm growing. So I have an idea to, because most of our fenced in garden is vertical. vertical. Yep. Most of it's vertical. And I need to start nourishing the soil. So what I think I want to do is I think I want to start planting turnips in a row beside of my vertical row. We'll eat some. Yeah. We do like turnips. But for the most part, I want to let them go to rot in the garden. I want to let them die. I want to let them give back to the soil and nourish the soil while we're growing. I need to make sure it's not going to, they'll work with the plants that we're putting in there. I can't imagine that it wouldn't. And I also want to make sure that I'm not taking away the nutrients for the plants that they need. I need to figure out the spacing and all that. But I'm really thinking this might be a good way to nourish my garden as I'm growing and start that nourishment system early instead of everybody planting their cover crop in fall and then we try to cover in black plastic and the cover crop hasn't had enough time to really right. do what it needs to do so i want to start that way early because we can grow some we can grow some massive turnips mm-hmm. like we're talking and rutabagas we can grow some really big ones now the rutabagas can't stay 
Aaron will demand the rutabagas come out of the garden. Yes, they'll be eaten. <laughs> but um, the turnips, they're, they're cheap. They're so cheap. The golden, the purple top. Purple top yeah. turnips are so cheap. You can get thousands and thousands of seeds. Throw a few in there. Let them do their thing. The greens can be used as a compost and then let the actual plant itself compost out. Um, so that's one of our plants. Um, we're also putting in a new in-ground strawberry bed. The first of many. Yes. Um, this one's going to be close to the house. Um, and it is going to be covered. Yeah. Because we already know that the deer will come to it. Like, exactly. That's just what it is. But, you know, we're, we're trying to get more strawberry just because the baby loves strawberries so much. And I, I like strawberries, too. Yes. And... Um, it's not going to hurt to have, you know, some other type of fruit, fruit crop, you know. So this is one of many um, upcoming strawberry patches. This is one near the house that we're putting in place. We've kind of already laid out the plans for that. Have some ideas for a couple of others. I'm really wanting to turn, like, our backyard into, <laughs> like, I want to make it as least amount of work on us as we get older. Um, and really think, how can I turn this area into something where we can grow food? Yeah. Um, but with strawberries, where we are, we have to be very careful because the deer will scalp them. So we have some black screen, and we're going to top it off with fencing. And that's the plan is we're going to put a screen on top and some fencing, and hopefully that will help keep the deer from getting them and the little critters. Um, our potatoes. So... We had a really good crop of potatoes. We, we, we had, had a lot of success with potatoes yeah. where we put them. We didn't know if they would work up here or not this year. It's We are right beside the woods with it and a good distance from our other garden. So. Very, like it's a, it's, you're not going up there every day to check on these things. It, exactly. Uh, and last year, Hey, we had some grass up there. We needed something to do with it. Julie was like, throw it on the potatoes. She'd seen something. Rain uh, country. Oh, okay. Rain country. And but putting um, grass, mulch. Gra grass mulch around your potatoes. And oh my gosh, they You thrived. could see the one side that didn't have mm -hmm. as much. You saw the one side that did. Not day difference. Yes. Yeah, so, so we're going to be doing that on the whole potato patch. And if we can, the garden. <laughs> If that's if the garden's awful big. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that will happen, but it would be nice. It would be. But we're going to start developing a system, a place to put the mulch up there, so when we're ready, we can put it on the mm -hmm. plants. Because we do need them to get like up before we start throwing the grass mulch right. on there. And we'll be able to collect that mulch. Like Even now, I have grass to cut and gather. I could take up there once it dries out some. Um, so that's really important. We really want to get through that. And... We saw there were no weeds. The, like, no. you're, didn't like the plants just. They were a lot better, and we had a lot more production on the side that had the grass mulch compared to the side that didn't. It just helped so much, and it really wasn't that much. But the goal is to get more on mm -hmm. it to help do better, and it's just going to, you know, compost into the ground and everything as well. Um, it just really worked well for us, so we're going to keep going that route. Um, we're hoping to double or triple our potato harvest because we know we need as many potatoes as yeah. we can get um to put in the freezer to put in the freeze dryer however we really want to go with them 
how to control areas on our homestead. So, so we got a few. We got a few uh, berry vines ber that have just yeah, yeah that we need to get under control just because of last year where we didn't have the the time to maintain because of the house. The gojis. Gojis is a is a good one. The if, gojis are like spread out, like they're in and getting them out of this one particular area because Aaron would have to climb yeah. in to get them, and then there were some we couldn't even get to. So mm. we we actually lost some of the crop because we couldn't get to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we had a really good crop of goji. So we we know what we want to do. It's just it's time consuming because we're gonna have to thread. <laughs> had a lot of this and get it where we want it to go and making sure we're maintaining these areas really really well um we have a blackberry vine that's got to be pruned back yeah. it has it's so thick and so heavy there's so many canes i we've got to do something mm -hmm. yeah and, it's just and getting that one bigger. there is we would have had that contained the year before and yeah just a year just a year of not being able to maintain shows you how how much work you've got to do afterwards. Well, it's not even maintained. All we were doing was maintaining our day-to-day. -day. Well, we weren't yes. even getting to well, right, like... Right. But you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Normally, what we would do is we would hit these things once a month at least mm -hmm. to get them under control, to kind of shape the vines. Like right. this one blackberry vine that we have, it's a tree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's basically become a huge tree. Um, we didn't think about this very... I mean, it just has taken over on its own. It, it really needed that, like, wood and tent system mm -hmm. to hold it because we were not expecting it to do what it did and grow the way it did. Um, so we really need to get under control. The kiwis, we've got to get those under control. Yep. Because they are growing into our apple tree. Yeah, we need to stop them from going up any farther. We really need to cut those branches at the apple tree back and make sure that those kiwis are... Mm -hmm are going around and, and try to really get that under control and contained where they are. And we just have several areas like that we really need to work on, especially these ones where we kind of cultivate or in them. We um, pick the berries. We pick from the plants. We really want to make sure we're maintaining those in a good way. Uh, the other thing we need to do are, and it's not on this list, but our gomies. We have to build a system to protect those from the birds. Yes. And that's something we have to have in place. Before May. Yeah, like in April sometime. Like March. <laughs> right, right. I mean, in all honesty. We, they, they turn so fast. As soon as they turn, the birds demolish them. Uh, we got one. Yeah, last year. We got yeah, one. Yeah. We had like one the entire time. They, and they had so many mm -hmm. on them. And they once they start to turn, like the birds won't touch anything else. No. nothing else but they will go after those gummies with a vengeance yeah we've tried the individual netting that was such a pain it's just so hard to take in and off we need a system like where you can like like, Close a, hoop, like a hoop and you can walk into this area for example yeah so i have an idea um i thought is to use some buckets with some rocks to hold the buckets do a couple two by fours with the support beam between them and put the netting around them that way and then use um rocks or cinder blocks to kind of keep that netting into place because we don't want anything super permanent things that we can move around as needed because we only need this around it 
for like four 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 for May, four six weeks. May to June, yeah. <laughs> like it's hardly any. So it's not something that has to stay permanent and we also want to make sure we're able to grow as these plants grow. Hmm. So these they're going to keep getting bigger and they grow really well over here. And and it's you know, we got to figure it out because it's one we do want to propagate a lot because it's a nitrogen fixer. Yeah. So we're going to have more of these on the homestead so we need to figure out the best method to protect a protect couple. Them. We want yeah. we want to we will we'll propagate enough that the birds can have some, but we want to make sure they're not getting them all that we can get mm -hmm. some as well. And that's where we are. We have 3 Three of these plants, they produce very well. They have for the past, what, three years three now? Years, yeah. Three years. Um, and like I said, the netting, we did that one year. We got quite a few, but God, it was so hard. It was yeah. so hard. We didn't have any problems with losing a bird in the netting, <laughs> but it was more like cutting your fingers trying to get the, the gomies out. Um, we tried that with the peach tree too, and I didn't. It was just... It gets hard with netting when your plants are tall and you're yes. not on level ground and it just becomes more difficult. Poison ivy. We've got areas we've got to get under control. Yes, and that's something I think we're going to be trying. The, I've read a few people in the thing saying like the 45% of vinegar. Um, we won't be dil diluting it too, no. too terribly much. We're going to kill the stuff. Right, right. Gonna... I don't care what else I kill. Yeah. That's kind of where we are. Um, and it's, I don't care so much out in the woods, but we've got quite a bit around the house. Mm -hmm. That's kind of gotten uncontrollable for us. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't get near it. I can't get near it. He can't. He can't. And as it continues to spread, it's going to spread into our yard and it's going to spread near our garage. And that's yep. hurts us <laughs> because we do a lot in this area and it makes this area useless. So we've just decided this year, We've tried black plastic, it just grows around it. That's our problem. We try a lot of these ideas people have, and they're wonderful. But my God, when there's so much of it, or the plants are so vigorous, yep. it just takes over, and you can't. Yeah, you if, can't if you've got any other ideas, you know, let us know um, to get rid of some poison ivy besides getting a goat. A <laughs> goat doesn't work for us, not right now. Right. Um, small animal and critter proof. This is a big one for us. We we have a we have a bunny problem. Yeah, uh, in the, <laughs> we've not had as bad of a bunny problem this year as we did but last year. We know year. it was there. We knew it was. We know it was there. It gets in our garden, and we need to. So so we put some the deer netting at the bottom to try to save on some fencing in a couple of areas, and then. Our, cat, I guess, cattle panels uh, that we use, the bunnies could just fit through the holes. Yeah. So um, we've got to reinforce some of those areas to keep them out and stop having bunnies in the garden. Yep. <laughs> we're we're going to get rid of the bunnies. Now, I won't, won't lie, our cat took care of a few. <laughs> she, that's the only thing that she will only take. Thing she'll, only thing she touches. The only thing that grandma's. Grandma's. Um, but uh <laughs> we've got some bunnies we got to get rid of yep. we we know that they're um they're becoming a little destructive in our garden and we we didn't have as big of a problem this year as we did last year, year. before we did last year was very bad we had a family mm -hmm. <laughs> we had a family we, of, we had the mommy bunny and all the baby bunnies mm -hmm. um 
So we've got to, we really got to critter proof. And again, a lot of these things seem so small. They're like, why well, haven't you already done this? Our garden is large. <laughs> the outside area is large. It takes time to get out there and do it. Plus we need to make sure that we are completely clearing the area. So the prep work can even get to the actual project itself for us. Right. Because we have heavy grasses heavy weeds and we want to make sure that we are yard stapling like this fencing that we put down mm -hmm. to the ground so the bunny can't just crawl underneath it yeah and we'll be doing chicken wire on the bottom right and this will be the chicken wire that we used to do the vertical in the garden yes. with so we're reusing so we're reusing repurposing yes and we're trying to use as much as we can wood storage is a big thing for us this year. Mm -hmm. We've got to build. So we've put in some places on our front porch, which works really well for us for, yep. for instant wood storage. But we're going to need more. Right. We need to repurpose an old dog lot into a woodshed. So we're going to turn this into a woodshed. We're going to figure out how to make sure we can keep it dry and um, make sure the wood's not touching the ground so we don't have any rot. We also need to come up with processes and systems for getting the wood cut, mm -hmm. getting it split, and wood chips. We need wood chips. We need them for the garden. We need them for um, the chickens. We really need them for anything yeah. that we have coming through. So um, these are just a few small things that we have. But And this isn't a huge project, but it's for our goji's horse. So we have to deal so with the goji's. Well, we're not get getting rid, rid of, of, but we got to weave them out and try to yeah. make sure that whatever we do to protect the wood does not hurt the goji's. Right. Because the goji's will be on the fence <laughs> where the wood hits. Um, so it's really important. Our outdoor washing area and outdoor shower area. We would really like to get this up this year. Now this is high hopes. Um, we could just get the platform built for, for the washing tub because we do have the Lehman's uh, washing tub. Yes. And if we had to, we really could just set it up yeah. and do it outside. Um, and that might be something we do just to get it, right. get started. But we would really like to get the platform built for this and then start working on getting the roof and watering systems up because we, we know that this is something that we need. We've talked about it. Yeah. Um, and it's just something that would really help expand our homestead. Yep. Um, our processes and procedures. This year, we came up with a few really good ones that work well for us. But we really want to expand on those. So when we talk about this, we're talking about, like, how do we make sure we keep the garden weeded? How do we make sure mm -hmm. we keep things under control? We've had a lot of really good ones in the past that we've let, like, fall through the cracks. Um like weed eating around a lot of our plants. We didn't get to that very often this year. Right. Uh, we started at the beginning and then it got away from us. We need to put that process back into place. We need to put the same processes in place for making sure we're keeping up with vines. I can't do this once a week. I need to make sure I'm doing it every other day because our vines just sort of took over and took control and then I felt like all I was doing was controlling the vines. Yeah, yeah. Because I would go out one day, there would be no vine in the way. I'd go out the next evening and there's a vine that's 10 feet across the garden um so really looking at that making sure that we put good systems in place that really work well for our family and our needs and we're again out of this maintenance rut and into okay this is done this is a chore i have to get done i have to get mm -hmm. this task done because right now it just feels like everything that we're doing it feels like we have three jobs 
It really does. Three full-time, like, 50-hour-a-week jobs. And the homestead kind of got pushed back for us a bit. But we tried to make it forefront. You could tell by, I mean, how our food production did this year. We actually are pretty decent. Right. But we didn't do any anywhere near what we wanted to do this year. Um, propagation. This is a big one for me. Yeah, getting, like, you know, those gomies, you know, get some of those propagated. Maybe some of these gojis that were moving is going to have to be propagated. You know, hey, if we're going to have to cut it down, let's try to propagate it and, you know, grow that into its own plant. Saving the seeds, possibly. Yeah. Selling some of those. Um, maybe. We've talked about that. We have um, talked we, about selling um, goji seeds. We have a wild elderberry. A couple wild elderberries. Eric didn't think they were elderberries. I didn't. Just hey, because I've never seen any in this area around here, and it might have been from some of their plants, you know, that birds... Just our one plant. Our, well, we had a couple there, you know, that first year. But one of those, you know, it could have been, yeah. But these are established, and mm. they are big. They're not little. So the goal is it's in a really bad location for us. That there's a good chance that the state Will spray or cut them down. Right. So we need to um, save those. We need to do something. So goal is to try to propagate off of those because they are set to our area. Set to our zone. Set to already, grow here. Already proved that they can grow here. There's and, no need to produce. buy. Right. So let's see if we can get those to work and expand our elderberry because that would be the way to go for us. Um, a lot of people have a lot of success with elderberry. We have not. Oh my God, every elderberry we've tried. I know. But one have died. I finally told Aaron, I said, we're not buying any more elderberry. Yeah. We've wasted hundreds we of dollars on elderberries. Right. I'd probably tried. say probably close to a thousand. No, not that much. It's been a lot. No, because we bought a lot of them cheaper. Um, but we did buy, you know, some of the good 20 to $30 Several. ones. Several. <laughs> You from know, Rain Tree. From Rain Tree, hoping that, uh, you know, some of the European ones would um, be good, you know. They say they work in our zone. They just, yeah, just didn't work. Just, didn't get, just couldn't get them to go in, in, in the soil we had anyway. One, the only one that we have. And it, it's doing okay. She's not very big. She's like a, like a stick. <laughs> um, but the ones that have popped up down you know, beside on us, yeah. they really look really good. I mean, you can see their elderberry from the road, from the road, from far mm. away. Because I told her, and I said, I'm really certain those are elderberries. Yeah. He's like, they're not. They're <laughs> not. They're weed. They're weed, Julia. They're weed. I'm like, I really think you. And we went back and forth with this for weeks. We did. And I, I walked down there one day and I was like, okay, you're right. <laughs> yep. You heard it. It's recorded. <laughs> And on the internet. Um, water systems is another thing we need to put the place next year. We have lots of ideas of where we're going to put some. So we're putting some off of our chicken coop. We are also going to make sure our wood our wood storage system has an area for a watershed. Mm -hmm. Our duck coop will have areas for watershed to collect water so we can use that. Because we can use collected water for what? Eight months out of the year? Maybe even nine? Maybe nine. Depending on the temperature. Sometimes maybe even ten, depending on what year. If it's know. not cold. Like, yeah. we've had years where it's it's not really been cold. We've gotten a lot of rain. Uh -huh. 
Um, and it's been wet, but not very cold. And those are really great years to collect a lot of water and yeah. use that water instead of having to use our own. So we have an emergency source for our animals, um, for us if we need it. For the garden. For the garden. Yes. That's the big goal. Also getting one up in the garden. That would be really, really nice because we get a lot of water in the spring. We get a lot of rain in the spring. But a lot of times summer's hot. Well, except last year was complete except opposite. Last year, last year was, it was, was it was a little dry in the spring and then extremely wet in the in we the did summer. water like one time, <laughs> I think right. total. Right, and the year before we were having to run our sprinkler system once About a week, no, every other day, every couple, every yeah. couple of days, every mm. couple of days. We try to hold. We do. We do. We hold. We were like, <laughs> I don't want to water. I don't want to water, and it's like. It's been a week. We really need water. And a lot of gardeners don't really live this way. Yeah. You don't see this, but I <laughs> I really, really try, really, really want to try to make sure these are as hands-off as possible and as close to nature as possible and doing their thing on their own. And we've still gotten harvest. Yeah. may not have been as good of a harvest, but we've still gotten a harvest. And my goal is to eventually be doing a lot of heirlooms. We're saving a lot of these seeds. These seeds are, you know, used to this type of weather. They're used to not having as much water. They're going to grow. They're going to thrive in this area because our summer does get dry. Mm -hmm. We do get a dry heat, but we also learn how to use sunshades and how to use them the right way Exactly for our garden. And that is not something you see in our area. Mm -mm. You see it in very hot areas, but you don't see it here. Southwest Virginia, Tennessee, these gardeners don't know what a sunshade is if it ain't off their back porch. Yeah. You tell them you're using a sunshade in the garden, they're going to look at you like you've lost your mind. Like, well, it helped. And we saw a massive difference mm -hmm. when we used that sunshade versus when we didn't. Yep. And we use them for our animals because... They're outside. It will be. It, it, it's very helpful. I mean, Twenty to thirty degree difference underneath one of those. Yeah, it's it's. It, you wouldn't think how big a difference it matters, but uh, it, it it's like a whole different environment. You can a mini climate. You know. I I will get underneath them to to come out of the sun mm -hmm. when I'm burning up and it's hot, um, and I need to just be in some shade because that sun is so it just becomes a dry heat and it's humid. Um, so water systems in place so that way we don't have to use our water hose. We're going to use our pump. We're using nature. Um, mushroom area in the woods. This is a hope. This, this is a hope. This one might not happen, but we want to get to the point where we've at least started on it so that because when we're doing shiitakes and stuff, the, it's, when we plug them, it's going to be a, or cut them, you know, it could be a year Before later. We plug right. yeah you're supposed to cut them in the fall to right. plug them in the spring yes. if you cut them earlier so we even need to identify what trees we might take mm -hmm. because you really need to cut them in the fall when their leaves drop you don't want to cut them any later than that um, so we need to you know set up our systems <laughs> system for that to get ready for that right because we want to have it in because we are worried about critters here mm -hmm. like we have to we know we yeah. know because this is out in the woods. This is going to be far from our house. There's going to be squirrels. There's going to be everything. So it has to be in a fully 
fits in hard cloth proofed area there's yeah. just no way around it right. um not only that we have to be careful of other people coming into our woods to source other mushrooms like morels thinking they could take our shiitakes mm. um so we have to think about all these things but not only that we got to find the trees we got to identify what trees we want to take because mm. we don't want things that are too big we don't want trees that are too small um and we need to identify the ones that are going to give us the best. Yeah, totally agree. So there's a lot to this, but getting us, we, we have identified the area. We have identified our area. Right, and, and we sort of know what we're going to do. It's just doing it. It's and, a lot of work. Right, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a hard job in that area, but hey, it's, you know, having this type of thing to grow, you know, other types of mushrooms for us, maybe even to sell is going to be amazing. Right. And this is a long, yeah. this is a very long process. This is not like a overnight process um, because of the type of mushroom it is. It's, it's several year long process. And, and even figuring out how we're going to get the power up there so we don't have to carry logs down and then carry them back up after we drill holes to plug them and wax them that's the other part of this because that's a it's a haul and those logs will get heavy <laughs> yeah we gotta we gotta figure out a process around that there's a lot to it there's so much to it but what well we will get there we will get there and once we're there it's going to be amazing and it's going to help our homestead so much so these are our homestead goals. We'd love to know yours. Yeah, um, I yeah. think for me, I'm probably most excited about amping up and really getting our food production down, getting a lot of these areas under control and keeping them under control. I think that's what I'm, I'm most excited about because I hate the constant chaos. I hate not being able to get to stuff. Um, I won't go. Like, if I can't get to it easily, I will not walk <laughs> over there. Um and getting to where we planted our broccoli, I almost fell several times because the grass is so high and you can't tell like the hill dips down. And I could have broken my neck or something in that area. So I'm really excited about keeping those areas under control and getting our garden production up. What about you? Um, you know, I will say that for me it's making sure we've got the homestead a priority this year in general with all of our goals um, just because it's such an important part of our lifestyle that we have to make sure that our dedication is there for it this year and it's not to say we weren't dedicated this year it just felt like everything else was just as important everything there was a lot of stuff that was superseding it this year a lot of stuff that had to take priority over yeah. and and we're really hoping that that doesn't happen this year um but i can say like when we did our pivot we shifted our goals we've met those goals this year so um not to say we won't have to pivot this yeah. year because hey, you never know we might have more goals we might have more <laughs> we might be able to knock all these we might be able to knock a huge amount of these out yeah. and that's the goal here there's how many of them 15, 16 of them that we've said, one a month, one a month. Yeah. It's it, one a month, less or a little bit more than one a month. I mean, a lot of these we can knock out. Now, like poison ivy, that's going to be 
like a couple month long projects because we're going to hit this thing one week then we're going to hit it again another week and we're going to hit it again another week mm -hmm. and then another week we're going to hit this thing eight weeks in a row with this really high grade you know ph yeah. level vinegar whatever we have to do to get rid of it covering up that small area in our garden that's an that's an afternoon project yeah. but it's going to get us so much further than where we are right now that's the goal. We're going to be moving forward on our homestead. And we would love to know what your thoughts are to move forward. Are you getting more animals? Are you getting bigger animals? Are you deciding to downsize your animals? Yeah. You know, what What all are you planning for your homestead in 2024? And the other thing to think about with your homestead goals are also, you know, how are you going to finance these things? We've talked about a lot of things on our homestead. We're using a lot of materials that we're sourcing. We're also looking at what do we have on hand now to where we don't have to buy a lot of stuff that we can focus on this year because right. we're expecting prices to stay high. Mm -hmm. They could go down because 2024 is a different type of year. That only comes around once every four years. Right, right. <laughs> so prices could go down to help combat a lot of that. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're not expecting it. And we want to save as much money as possible and try to expand our homes so what we have. And talking about that, tune in in probably two weeks from now. Um, we'll do our financial goals uh, for 2024 and talking about all of that as well. Um, next week is the uh, December Frugal Homestead Tactics. And man, have I found some deals this month. Yeah. So we'll talk all about that uh, next week. So uh, if you've got any comments, questions, anything you want to hear in a future episode, send it to thekennycouple at yahoo.com or leave it below in any type of comment wherever you're watching this at. And, oh. Oh, I was going to say, go over and check out our link tree, which has all of our other content. And, um, you know, Make sure to check us out on TikTok. We hope to be doing a lot more short content coming up soon as well. Yep. And as always, thank you for joining us on Rural Reliance with the Candy Couple, where we work hard, live simple, and enjoy life. Have a wonderful day.